Hathaday, and this is the KUM Podcast Network. Welcome to Conscious Living with Claire Calvo, where we show you how to live a happy and healthy island life. Thanks so much for downloading us. And now, here's Claire. Hathaday, namaste, and thank you for tuning in today. Guahan and beyond, I'm Claire Calvo, and this is Conscious Living. Today, I've got two... Uh, powerhouses in the studio with me and I don't just mean physical powerhouses I mean high frequency vibing energy workers I have Clarissa Torres and Amber Ward thanks for joining me today ladies thank you for having us so we're going to talk about something that maybe like 10 plus years ago you know most people would kind of like give like a side look like mm, you know but I feel like in the line of, of the work you do energy work Reiki you know whether even acupuncture chiropractic work you know dealing with with energy working specifically with that intention whether you're a massage therapist Reiki um, body talk I'm sure well when we go individually you guys are going to give us the whole lowdown but now it's become a lot more um, I find that people are more open and uh, accepting you know, it's become a lot more common, wouldn't you say? Definitely. Yeah. So um, let's, for those who are not familiar, let's just break it down. Like when, when we speak of energy work, what to you does that mean? I mean, is that what you consider yourself? Um, yes, because uh, energy work for me, it, it plays into even the physical touch for, um, for massage therapy. So right. even if... Um, even if the person is just wanting a, like a, a regular massage, then at some point energy will come into play because our energies are inter interconnecting when we touch. So, so let me ask you this on that note. So for someone who just goes to like um, get reflexology or just, you know, going in for Swedish massage. So even in that type of a, a session, there is still that energetic exchange, correct? Yes, definitely. Like uh, that's why for me it's so important that patients understand that it's um, it's always better to go to someone who knows what they're doing and mm -hmm. who is actually um, there in the space to hold for them that they get the whatever it is that they're needing because you know there's some types of uh, of people who do massage where it's they're just there for the the transaction and for the money ultimately mm -hmm. but if the person is a is working with you and your energy then they're they're being mindful of what it is you're right. needing and then how they're feeling like a good energy worker or a good massage therapist make sure that everything is is Left off of out the, the door. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so basically conscious yes conscious and you know and what they're doing and in their intentions mm -hmm. like you said you know as far as something more than just that dynamic or that exchange mm -hmm. um yeah, so I mean, and it, it makes sense. And, you know, also for those who resonate, because not all energies, right, necessarily yeah. resonate. Okay, thanks. And how about you, Amber? I would say it boils down to intention, whether yeah. or not you consider yourself an energy worker or not. It's if you are leaving it at the door, like you said beforehand, and really focusing on that person. Yeah. And yeah. there is energy exchange happening every moment of every day. So singing conversation, <laughs> we could be energy workers. Or, right, right, right. I know, and <laughs> I think that I feel the same way, like teaching yoga, or, you know, whether it's yoga class or like a cardio kickbox or whatever I mean if you're having that dynamic of you know everything is energy right mm -hmm. so but I, I guess I'm speaking specifically when you are conscientiously working with because you know you guys work with um tuning forks right you you, you uh sound bowls and and mm -hmm. all kind the whole gamut so <laughs> how about we well why don't we have you speak specifically on what the different um 
What's in your toolbox? Toolboxes. So for myself, uh, a massage therapist first, um, but I I did learn Reiki and uh, I'm also finishing up structural integration and um, a lot of what I've learned and um, I kind of integrate them together and energy wise, like I can I can pull from. What I've learned about the body and uh, what muscles might be causing this, and then the psychology of it, of um, what possible emotions could um, be showing themselves mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. um, and um, I, so would that be? Is that kind of like you always? You also get into like um, emotional freedom technique, the EFT. Um, I don't do that specifically, but with my energy work, like. Um, I set the intentions to allow for them to recognize whatever it is that they're needing to within the moment to release it and and to make sure that we're both safe within that space, mm-hmm. uh, most especially them and making sure that I'm not overstepping boundaries or I'm not uh, giving too much energy where it might be too much for them. You know, uh, it has to be within within their needs and what they're what they're specifically needing for this moment in time in this session. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even share that with you, right? I mean, it's just you, like, I've been fortunate enough to have to be on both of your... Well, you guys use pretty much the same. (laughs) Pat Plexa, right? But, you know, I've I've been fortunate enough to have had sessions with you both. And it's it's powerful stuff. I mean, you know, you guys are amazing, like, body workers, but even when it gets to... Um, what I'm asking specifically for energy work or whether it's body talk, like what the body reveals. Mm -hmm. And that to me is fascinating, you know, to to even be able to communicate on that level with the subtle body. Um, Can you share with with, about So body talk, I'll start with body talk. Um, Like Clarissa, I have a lot of different Explain a little bit. But I'd like to introduce it because a lot of people are like, body talk, what does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) But with body talk, it's a little bit of a different philosophy. So in terms of being an energy worker in this case, as a body talk practitioner, you're not actually doing any of the work. It's essentially like I'm going in there with a flashlight Mm. and I'm asking, are there any issues over here? Any issues over here? What's going on over here? And then I find a formula to Mm -hmm. reconnect parts of that person's body and then do a type of tapping Mm -hmm. that brings these connections together. So, for example, um, oftentimes people don't know why they're feeling off. Mm -hmm. So someone might come in with digestive issues, for example. And um, what's amazing about body talk is you use muscle checking Um, with their body to see, to ask questions with my mind. I'm asking Mm -hmm. questions of their energetic body. And then their physical body is giving me feedback to tell me whether or not I'm going through a very specific series of questions to find out what's not communicating with what in the body by priority. So what is the most important thing in their life? Mm -hmm. Sometimes what comes up in a body talk session isn't even what people came to or came with. But for example, with digestive issues, I've had a client who came in with body talk the first thing that came up was an active memory that he had had as a child as an argument with his father Mm. which then linked over and that's what's so interesting is it goes very specific into specific things in their lives but did he share that with you no are you okay so he's just laying on the table and i have one hand on his stomach and one hand on his arm 
and in my mind I'm asking them questions. So for example, I'd be going through the sections, I would get to section four, his, his body says yes, they're all yes or no questions. His body says yes, section four, for the more specific, yes, and it mo- would move into an active memory, which would mm-hmm. then, I would say, orientation, yes, person, yes, family, yes, father, yes, and each time asking if I need to go more specific, mm. because that person's body might not need to go more specific. Right, right, right. So it might link to that, which then links randomly to the pineal gland. Mm -hmm. For me, that doesn't make any sense, but that's what's coming up for his body, which then links to a virus that once I go through all these sequences of questions on his body, sometimes I'll ask them out loud. Like, for example, with him, I said, were you on a cruise ship Mm -hmm. at this year? Because that's what came up. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, it looks like there was a virus that was introduced to your system during this period of time. And then once we had that full formula, then I tap on his head and Mm. his heart and his gut. The head, when you're tapping that and we're focusing both on this equation, Mm -hmm. it brings energy to that person's part of the body. When you're tapping, so they have to focus on it as well. Sometimes it depends. We ask their body. So Very specific. The whole yeah. time I'm asking his body what it is that his mm. body needs. And when you say body, are you just asking his physical body, or are you asking all levels of different bodies? Uh, <laughs> body. <laughs> so it's all of the subtle bodies, right? right? Okay. We're made up of many different subtle bodies. Yeah. We have this body right here, but there are several layers of energy that go far beyond what some of us can perceive. Right. Some people can perceive, you know, the aura layer, for example, or other layers of. So you are tapping into. You're, you're asking all of, them, all of them. the okay. full body, okay. the full bodies. <laughs> yeah, and so then the idea with that is once you find the virus, once mm-hmm. the body knows what's going on what it's connected to, why things aren't communicating Mm -hmm. properly. Just by tapping, the body now already knows Mm -hmm. how to go in and send in all of the things that it needs to do to heal itself. Incredible. So I'm not a he- I'm not, I don't consider myself a healer in that type of way. I'm just a practitioner. I'm a person that's asking the right questions. You're a conduit. saying, hey, <laughs> your body, this is the part to pay attention to. And then that person's body is the one that does the that healing. That is incredible. It's amazing how our bodies just thrive. Like it can be put in all kinds of, you know, situations and, and circumstances and yet it thrives to, th- to be, go beyond survival. It wants to. Yeah, I just think to be that's in, what we in forget. Yeah. We forget, we think that everything in our body say no, it, it's so hard to be healthy, but really your body's like, I wanna be healthy, let's exactly. do this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Let's, let's be healthy. <laughs> so I'm curious, does the gestalt Gestalt? Is that have? Is that similar to this? The Gestalt method? I have not heard of no. that. No. Okay. So I, there are so many overlaps. The there more are. that I learn about energy work yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, because some of it, even just with the muscle are. testing, I've like decades ago with chiropractors. Mm-hmm. You know, they too do similar um, similar practices. Totally. Yeah, and so. Um, on that note, I'm curious. So, like, right now, you know, right now, the big scare, everyone talk, is talking about the coronavirus. Yeah. As energy workers, like, how how do you perceive that? How do you approach it? I mean, because I feel like a lot of people are getting in panic mode, and not, not to say right or wrong. Right. But um, how, how would you approach that from your practice, like, as, as a practitioner in energy work? Okay. Do you want to take that? I'll let you go first. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that what I've seen in many different modalities is that oftentimes illness comes out of fear. So when we get afraid, it's kind of like we put this capsule around ourselves so that we stay safe, which is good to have shield sometimes. Mm -hmm. We need that sometimes. But if 
the internal structure is not balanced, right. then you're also holding things inside mm-hmm. that might not suit you best. Yeah. Um, and so what I've learned with many different types of illnesses and mental imbalances, et cetera, is to learn how to open up mm-hmm. and let things go as well. So I think that the coronavirus especially has a lot to do with fear. There's a lot of fear going on. Mm-hmm. And so as a person who is just a person talking to people about, about that, then I would say, what do you need to do for yourself to feel safe? Yeah. Because on the bottom line, like you are the only one that's in control with how you react to things. Mm-hmm. So if you feel safe by going and you know stocking up on food, then that's what you should do. Yeah, yeah. If you feel safe by isolating, then that's what you should do. But once you put those parameters in place, then let go of the fear. Right. Right, right. And keep yourself open. Do mm-hmm. what you what do what you can. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you can to make sure that you can you know, feel as that safe makes, as you can. That makes total sense. It's like being open yet discerning. You know, right. you just don't want to. And how would you clarify? I did uh, something similar for me. Um, like, uh, I'm not afraid because I I know that I I take care of myself. Uh, I. I set um, intentions for for myself and my body to be at its best, and I do my best with intake and and physical exercise and meditation and whatnot to keep mm-hmm. myself at a at a base level, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, uh, as long as I'm setting uh, taking care of myself in that way, that's one way that I'm uh, making sure that I stay safe uh, safe from it and um, keep. Uh, keep it from zooming in on me because the more that I keep fear then right. the more that it attracts because what you what you keep thinking about you will come to you yeah. and, and then um, it's funny because actually earlier this morning I was um, I was planting some greens so uh, I was doing some garden work so that way you know if worse came to worse then I have some food supply for mm. my family so yeah. that's one one of the things yeah. I was doing today so yeah. I planted some carrots, cilantro <laughs> some tomatoes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to be prepared yeah. for anything. <laughs> Prepare for the unexpected mm-hmm. um, or expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I had a session with an acupuncturist. I was sharing with Amber earlier. And, you know, because you're, you're talking about taking care of ourselves, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like I take care of myself. For the most part, I eat clean, I exercise, I do my meditation and whatnot, right? The whole, my morning rituals <laughs> before KP wakes up. Yeah. And yet... Um, Emotions are interesting, though, because, you know, I feel like I'm really taking care of myself and then digestive, you know, this is linked, this is our, our emotion center, right? Mm-hmm. And for as far back as I can remember, my issues have always been, like, in my digestion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that's kind of like, right, second brain, this is where everything kind of stems from, mm-hmm. all the other systems in the body. But I was at my acupuncture session, and I'm, like, laying there... You know, I'm there because I'm like, well, I've been getting these pains in my occipital area. I'm, I'm fatigued. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, maybe it's candida. I have been having more sugar lately, whatever, whatever. All these, I'm already self-diagnosing myself, right, as I'm laying there <laughs> telling him. And um, he's like, hmm. And he starts feeling on my stomach and he's pressing in really hard. And I'm like, I was like, ouch, that's kind of too deep. He's like, well, no, it's not. It shouldn't hurt, though. He says, this is... It's stuck. It's blocked. Mm. So I'm thinking, I'm like, hmm, well, I have been kind of backed up. (laughs) Sorry, TMI, but I have been kind of backed up. Maybe that's it. And then he's like, no, how's your emotional state? (laughs) And I was like, I wasn't expecting that. And just just him asking me, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even thinking of anything, no memory, nothing. I just started crying. Like tears, I felt tears rolling down. I'm like, I thought I was fine until you asked me. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he like 
stuck a needle somewhere on my leg or my foot. And then he's like, well, it's past hurt, right? And then he's, then he's getting, digging deeper and deeper. And he, I, don't, I don't know what he's referring to. I don't know if he had any specifics, but it's not even about the story. Mm-hmm. He just knows that there's energy stuck, you know, whether it's sorrow, fear, whatever it is. And he stuck another needle in and just like bawling. I'm like, wow, I had no idea that there's, you know, there's so many layers. Yes. So like Amber, you were sharing earlier about how when someone comes in there mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's some sort of physical issue. Mm-hmm. Would you say, both of you guys, would you say nine times out of 10, it, it, because our, our physical, um, whatever happens to us, whatever symptoms we have, mm-hmm. would you say it's usually the last indicator of something that starts maybe energetically, then emotionally, then would you say physical would be the last way it shows up? Or not necessarily? For me, I think that all things are based in pre-physical form. So this condensed form that we see is the most obvious and the last to show things. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I think, personally. Yeah. But, and that's what it shows up in a lot of my practices with people. Yeah. Or, you know. I feel like it definitely starts in like the energetic body, so it could be out here. Mm-hmm. And then like you know, we're, we're not recognizing it. We're not paying attention to it because life happens. Uh, we get busy with this or that. And rather than recognizing the, the deep and kind of... Um, silenced uh, emotion that's just there and being like pay attention to right, me right, it's right. like a, it's just being ignored and so it gets further and further and then it gets into the like it's already uh manifesting issues in the tissues yeah <laughs> issues in the tissues because we're not making the time to to recognize it we're not making the time to understand why yeah. the emotions are there or yeah. what could possibly um be starting it and you know recognizing it forgiving it whatever right right happen and letting it go well that's a huge one the forgiveness <laughs> work is huge it's, it's vital yeah vital um but you you mentioned about well we were talking about the coronavirus earlier because we know we're talking about suppressing things and i'm wondering your thoughts on there are stuff that you know maybe there are our own and and suppressed or whatnot but how you know we affect each other, you know, I mean, whether we're this far apart or across the world. Mm-hmm. And I, this whole thing with the coronavirus, it's like, this really brings to light how truly we are so interconnected. Mm-hmm. And not just because people are like, whoa, um, China, then all the way in Washington, and then all the way, you know, Italy. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's not even, I don't feel like it's just about being interconnected physically, mm-hmm. but we are energetically all interconnected. Mm-hmm. So... It's. I mean, we could go on and on on, on that topic. But getting going back to forgiveness, what kind of role does that play with your work? Like, do you do? You know, there's also explain a little. What's forgiveness work? There's specific, right? Isn't there a specific energetic work called forgiveness work? Once again, that's out of my. I, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one specifically. Maybe it's more like okay, because I've had. <laughs> I feel like I've tried so many different. You know, as, a, as not as a, a practitioner, but as a mm-hmm. as a being worked on right as a patient and I just um forgiveness work came into like I saw a Reiki healer who was also a channeler and I want to talk to Amber about that in a little bit um but a lot of it so much of it had to do with not just forgiveness um between yourself and someone else but so much was just forgiveness of self Mm -hmm. and for a long time I'm like well man I don't feel like upset at myself or you know I didn't feel any self um 
self-directed mm-hmm. anger, mm-hmm. but that was me at that time. Apparently, back in my younger years, you know, when I think back to my self-destructive behavior, there was a lot of self-loathing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how does that play a role um, in your work? Like, you know, someone right now, it's like, oh, no, but I'm fit. I do this, I do that. Mm-hmm. But let's say 10 or 20 years ago, how does that stay in the body? Well, I think... One of the things that I'm really interested in is in vibrational healing. So I do a lot of vibrational work. And yeah. so I think that to break that down on more of a of that level, like when you're younger, yeah. everything's in layers. So if you have the very hard layer, unforgiving, like strong yeah, barriers, yeah. strong walls, things are hitting up against anger, whatever you want to call it, these things that are here, mm-hmm. you move on to further parts of your life. You learn to be more porous, more forgiving, more accepting, letting things come and go. Mm-hmm. But this is still here. And right. that's what's so powerful about energy work, um, whether that's working through the fascia. There's a mm-hmm. lot of research coming out now about... Explain a little about um, fascia. So fascia is actually recently considered and recently what said as the largest organ in the body. Mm-hmm. And since Clarissa is going to school for structural integration, <laughs> I would love to uh, <laughs> pass uh, that Fascia, it's essentially... Um, it's a it's like a bag that surrounds every single muscle and even the organs and so when when the muscles are are tight then the fascia bag gets tight and it's like a interconnected web so mm-hmm. it connects like your your neck all the way down to your feet so like if you twisted your ankle and you left it alone then it'll work its way up eventually to the neck so it's just one giant web of this is all the parts all together, so if it's really tight, then it'll be tight elsewhere. But just recently, you said it's just recently recognized as... Just recently, it's been recognized, but a lot of body workers in the, like in the Rolfing Structural Integration, mm-hmm. they've known about it, but it's only coming to light in science now. Right, recognized right. as the largest organ, because yeah. it used to be the skin, yeah, but yeah. fascia is layer Beyond. upon layer upon so many layers and over every single organ in the it's body. It's literally like a little web in, in between the muscles, and like if it's tight, then everything else is right, tight. Right, right, and that makes sense. But it's incredible like to how now, I think since the whole quantum physics and quantum theories have become more mainstream and, and, and more accepted, mm-hmm. that everything else that kind of falls under it mm-hmm. also is brought to light. And that's why I think that energy workers and energy healing is so much more accepted because now there is a little bit of a scientific inroad into understanding these systems that people who've known about energy work for a long time are like, now there's a word that you guys know about. You know, it's something that people have felt for a long yeah. time and worked with for a long time. But it's exciting. That is very exciting. Yeah. Can I, I want to ask each of you one by one, mm-hmm. what got you, what inspired you to follow this path and how did you get into mm-hmm. it? Um, mine, I think, was always in the cards. I have, um, I have, uh, healing in the family on my mom's side and mm-hmm. even on my dad's side but I had to um, live and you know get things out of my system um, as when I, you say from both of them as far as um, local like uh, they Serranos. yeah um, my I'm related to a Cipiano family and um, on my father's side I haven't fully learned who exactly but I know I'm I am related in some way to Tan, Tan Pai um, but yeah, it would always pop up like the, the notion of going towards massage, uh, would pop up, but then I wasn't ready. So I'd be like, ah, and then eventually when I was tired of all of the crap that I was putting myself through, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a try. 
Uh, so it started with so as far as your family as far as your family goes, are they they do primarily massage or also like the omelet like the uh, omelet omelet more primarily I guess um, and I get some massage I feel like they they do both yeah but um, it for me it was nowhere in my in my actual space but it's like the universe was like give this a try give this a try yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was when I was ready then then I went for it and as soon as I decided to do it and I, I went for the school it just started to all unfold and I am where I am now so what school because you all you both trained under Pat as well, right? Pat, Pat said or no? I mean, I know. I trained for a, a yeah. bit for her first year. Yeah. And that was the body talk. And so that's I only trained one. under Rolfing as well. Oh, Rolfing, okay. Or for structural integration under that first year. Yeah. So with you, it was all the same? It's Rolfing? Uh, no, I, I went to school uh, for massage therapy at Hawaii Healing Arts College in Kailua. Okay. And um, while I was going to school, one of my teachers was a Rolfer, and I was super... Uh, mesmerized and uh, amazed at how much knowledge he had of the body and all the connectedness of it and so like I was always striving to be the to be like him and uh, when I when we graduated I was like one day I'm going to be like you and he's like no you're going to do better and so I was like okay and then (laughs) explain Rolfing a little um Rolfing is uh, essentially a 10 series of body work where we work to help the different structures and segments of the body to be more centered Mm -hmm. and more aligned um because everyday life uh, it causes us to pick up habits and it throws our our alignment off Mm -hmm. and so that causes discomfort disease uh, blockages and whatnot and so um, we essentially work from um, the feet up and it allows for the different segments of each body part and each uh, diaphragm Mm -hmm. to be more in line and allow for the energy flow to be better Okay. It's life-changing. It and is. they take photos after each session, so you can actually see your yeah. body as it begins to, like, stack into place. Wow. Yeah. It's really incredible. And it's, it's ten sessions. That's always the... It should be ten sessions, mm-hmm. but, you know, everyone has their, their, their journey, and so some people can't finish... Uh, does it matter if it's, like, once a week, or does it have to be closer together? Um, it would be better if it were... Uh, one to two weeks apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends... Uh, like uh, ideally, from what Pat Pexa has shared with us, she prefers two two weeks in between mm-hmm. so that the body has full time to integrate. And I can understand that too. But if you know, it just depends on yeah. what what they have going on. So. Okay. So that's so you do primarily rolfing. Well, um, I just finished class and I'll be taking a test this month. Yay. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to pass and I'm going to be Guam's yes. <laughs> first Chamarita <laughs> structural integrator. Because yeah. um, aside from you, who else does that right now? Just Pat. Just Pat. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> well, speak of it as it already yeah. as if, as if it already is. Yes. <laughs> so um, I do. I do mainly structural uh, massage therapy right now but once I once I pass the test and get my licensing stuff then I'm going to step into that but I I do my I do find myself integrating some of the work because you know I'm recognizing um, what 
what is the initial issue of whatever muscle tension that they're having. So I'm, I'm better able to dissect it and figure out, it's like, okay, this is actually what's going on here and work from it, work right. it from there. Yeah. So. I'm going to throw in a little bit of your Reiki, too, because you do. I know you throw some of that in there as well. It's it's not intention. Well, everything's intentional, but, like, uh, like the Reiki work that I do when when my hands are on, it's, like, um, it's helped me pick up uh, recognizing how the muscles want to move. Like, before, when Pat was teaching us this thing thing of listening to the muscles, I was, like, putting my hand there, I was, like, hmm? what? <laughs> I don't understand. It's like, I don't feel anything. And then as I got more into energy work and more into Reiki work, as well as my own energy work, mm-hmm. then that's when it, it just snapped. And so, so now I'm able to, like, if someone tells me what's going on, I'll put my hands on the muscle and then I'll just feel the muscle moving my hands where, like, where it wants to go. And so be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> wow. Wow. So obviously you have to like really tune in, right? Yes, I do. But Again, this type of energy work is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are ready for it and some people want it, but then there are some people who it's, it's too much for them, and so I have, to, I have to be able to recognize when someone is willing and open right, right. and then when someone is not. And, of course, at different times in your life, because I remember maybe, like, when in my 20s, I remember someone trying to do, <laughs> I love her to pieces. Her name is Rosa, and this is when I was living out in California. And she used to massage my sister and... and people in my family and she used to be really strong and then when she started you know doing more reiki i remember all of a sudden i'm like i don't feel your hands on me <laughs> and i'm like and she would explain she's like oh no and she would and of course where i was at that time i'm like oh no 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 it's okay can you just press hard yeah <laughs> can you just go really deep on this one spot so yeah it makes sense that you know mm-hmm. different points in our lives we're, we're ready yeah. for it or not yeah. <laughs> and how about you amber um, so my healing journey is actually relatively recent in stepping into becoming an energy worker myself. I would never have guessed that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I feel like you popped out of your mom, like, <laughs> doing it. I've been very work. spiritual my whole life, so I did come out of my mom like that. Yeah. Um, my, actually, my grandma was a very intuitive person. She was a tea leaf reader wow. um, back in the day, but she was very intuitive and told my mom, if you feel a catch in your back, pay attention. And my mom was in the shower, nine months pregnant with me, and was about to get in, and she felt a catch and was like, ah, what's that? And so she stepped out of the shower. She didn't know either. She had no idea what it was going to (laughs) be. Like, she's like, I don't know, but I know she's intuitive. So so when she felt that, she was like, that's definitely a catch. And as soon as she walked, she got out of the shower, her water broke, and I was birthed 30 minutes later. Wow. So my mom was a midwife, so she knew that hot water, like being in the shower, she wouldn't have known that her water had broken. And also, it can expediate wow. the the actual delivery time. Yeah, so yeah. it's really lucky that my grandma had that That's that incredible. note of insight. So I came out with a moon shaped face because it was so fast. That I didn't <laughs> sure, <you know? laughs> but since I was, as long as I can remember, I've been meditating. I felt very like connected to everything, mm-hmm. you know. And I was a very sick child, and I've actually been pretty sick most of my life. And so I've always been very interested in healing mm. because modern medicine obviously didn't know like every time I went to the doctor I just ended up feeling kind of violated and like also nothing helpful came of it for me like and mostly because people didn't know what was going on with me so it was just you know that's how it was was your stuff primarily digestive a lot of digestive issues yeah I almost died of thrush when I was 12 wow just like yeast completely taking over the body but um 
I moved into, I was very, I wanted to learn about healing. Like I'd start learning about plants and I'd start studying about this, but nothing ever really fit. And I couldn't, it just seemed overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And even though I was in a lot of circles, um, I actually had met Pat, Pat and she was bringing in a body talker. And so I learned about body talk. And there's something called cortices. So if you guys are curious about body talk, go to cortices. Look up cortices, C-O-R-T-I-C-E-S, on YouTube, and it'll teach you this tapping technique. And people, Every time you've said that or Leah says that, I'm like, are you talking about cordyceps? Which I agree, too. I'm amazing. Cordyceps blow my mind. <laughs> but not that. <laughs> but they... Um, I, they said that migraines could be helped by this technique, and I have never been able how to, to figure out how to get over migraines. So I tried this technique when I was getting an oncoming migraine, and it stopped it. And I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> Can you demonstrate that? that just worked. I, yeah, yeah, sure. So what you do is you take your hand, mm -hmm. um, you make sure that all your fingers are together, and you put it at the base of the head, mm -hmm. where the neck meets the head. And then you take your hand, your other hand, and you kind of cup it so that your fingers and the palm of your hand are hitting both sides of the brain. And you tap. You take two deep breaths. In and out. And again. And out. And then you kind of inch your fingers up so you put your thumb where your pinky was, and you repeat this process. And you do this the whole way, it'll take a long time. So I'll just show you real quick. You move from here to here to here, two breaths each time, all the way up oh, to up here. Oh, to here, okay. And then both sides And then of you're the doing this still. You're tapping your head the and whole time. And then you do this. And the chest, sorry. So when do you start doing this? This. Two deep breaths mm -hmm. here, two deep breaths here, two oh, deep breaths okay. here. Move the hand, two deep breaths here. Two deep breaths here, two deep breaths. So moving each time. All so it's a pretty up. all the way up. And then, and then on both sides of the head. So you're kind of pointing your fingers towards the back of your head. Mm -hmm. And then you hold one side and repeat again. Two deep breaths here, two deep breaths mm -hmm. here, two deep breaths here. Okay. Other side, two deep breaths here, <laughs> two deep breaths <laughs> okay. here. Two. Okay. And that's the full, the full cortices technique. And so that blew my mind. And that's when I was like, this is the modality that I'm going to try. Body talk, I'll try it. So I went and I studied... Um, the first round of fundamentals with someone named Angie Taroni. And so that she, was before you came to Guam? No, this was on Guam. Oh, oh. She, was, she flew in through okay, Pat. She flew it. in from Hong Kong mm -hmm. and taught fundamentals. So I did that. And there are two of us, three of us certified body talkers on Guam. Leah mm -hmm. is a body talker. Mm -hmm. Pat is a body talker. Though she mostly focuses at this point on structural integration. Mm -hmm. And then myself. And so Leah and I went on and went to the Philippines, did another round of trainings, and then we both got certified as practitioners. Nice. So that was the beginning of that. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with it. Then I had rolfing, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was mind-blowing. Like, talk about releases. Like, mm -hmm. you could, I could feel, like, the fascia move, and then, like, my foot start, you know, what is going wow. on? <laughs> and so, and my body, I got to see it coming together. So I started studying under Pat. So I was under her for a year, mm -hmm. and then I went to Mongolia. And when I was in Mongolia, that's where I met... Um, with a group of Mongolian shamans and that shifted my path in a lot of ways and so even though I really wanted to continue on with Pat and structural integration I really focusing more on kind of the information that came to light in Mongolia. So. Okay yeah so that's a perfect segue <laughs> <laughs> to get into what you're doing in Mongolia and I mean because you're still helping people in a different way. Yes. Yes. You and the OAS. Can yes. you can you just share? Yes. I mean, and this is, you know, I know this is for some people gets a little like, oh, I don't know about this. But I feel like 
for so many years. I mean, Abraham Hicks, I've been listening to her CDs and cassettes since like the 90s. And back then, you know, it was kind of like, ooh, that's kind of weird. And But now everyone talks about Abraham Hicks, you mm-hmm. know, and like we were talking even before uh, Abraham, Seth, and, 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 um, Pleiadians and whatnot. So, I mean, I think we're really at a point now where there's so much happening on both ends, you know, the balance of like the darkness and the light mm-hmm. that because we're seeing a lot more of one, it's, it's more accepted and more, more of a calling mm-hmm. to come out and speak on, on the light side mm-hmm. as well. So and sh- the on, integration so that we can transcend yeah. this concept of duality. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, yeah. how can we, heal from all of the traumas yeah. so that we can overcome a place where we are traumatizing each other continuously. And I think that's what we're hopefully moving into. That's what, when, what many people are Absolutely. working towards. And so that is why, when I've asked the Oas why they're here, it is okay, because... start from the beginning. Who are the Oas, Amber? Okay, so... <laughs> So, and I have to, like, just be completely honest about this. This is really uncomfortable for me to talk about. Like, I don't, I'm still learning how to be, you know, to talk about it because I feel like it's something that can be easily misunderstood or feared, and it's not something to fear. And mm-hmm. if anybody has any questions, you can always ask me. I'm an open book about it. And you already asked them as well, and, and they I were asked fine. And they said, yeah, yeah, that it's okay. Um, first of all, uh, it's not charged for. So in the traditional ways of shamanism, it's not something that money is taken mm-hmm. for because that can pollute the work. Um, and so traditionally, that's how it's been, and so that's what I continue, and I feel like that's important to say because mm-hmm. there's a big neo-shamanism movement that's a little bit not in that way. Right, right. So um, to start at the beginning, I was land sailing in Mongolia with my boyfriend. We built a vessel that we sailed over the land of Mongolia by the wind, and it was really fun. I was not going there to seek out shamanism. I was there to (laughs) join him on this adventure. Um, But I ended up injuring myself and coming back to the city just in time for something called a rains retreat that there was a group of uh, Mongolian shamans doing to help bring in the rains. And my mom was quite ill at that time, and I was really concerned about her and was hoping that maybe they knew of something that could help with her. Um, and so I decided I would go, and I went. And after three days of hanging out with this group of Mongolian shamans, um, shamanism is different all over. There are many different definitions. So in this definition, what I'm talking about in the Mongolian way is that you have people in your bloodline that have marked you in your birth to be able to come into your body and speak through you. Mm-hmm. And so this is the way that the shamans work there. And so the shaman that I was, that I met with was a 16th century healer. And so I was asking him about healing. I told him I was on this healing path, you know, and I wanted to, to be like a healer and wanted to make sure I was on the right track with body talk. Mm -hmm. And, um, he put me through a series of tests, which were really intimidating because he's this big Mongolian guy with his, you know, tassels in his face. What kind of Um, tests? Um, Can you share? Yeah, he he had me sitting in front of him. So you kind of like bowed down in front of him. And he said, okay, I'm holding pain in my body. Where is it? Oh. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have no idea what to do right now. Like, I don't know, you know. So I'm like, well, I'll try the body talk technique. Yeah. I mean, to try and seek out. So I found out a series. And I was like, well, it's this and this and this. And he was like, actually, you're right. Like, that is, I had mentioned the pineal gland, and he was like, that is where I'm coming through. So his body is reacting to that. But you're, you're using a systems type of healing technique, and I'm asking about actual pain. 
Like, I'm holding mm-hmm. actual pain in the body. So where is the pain? And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Like I said, I'm still kind of new to the whole healing world, you know? And so I did a body scan. I'd noticed that I've known for a long time, but I finally claimed that I am a physical empath. Mm. So if people are hurting, I tend to start hurting in a similar place. Mm. And so I just started doing a body scan of his body and my body, like over his head, down the body. And then I started getting a really intense pain under the ribs. And so I reached out and I put my hands on him there. And and he was like, yep, that's it. Okay. Yeah, you, you are a healer. Um, and then he read my thoughts and told me a little bit more about uh, my ancestry. Still, that wasn't the time. So then the next day after that, I'm asking him more. And he was like, um, actually, like asking him about my mom was what I was asking him about yeah. if there was anything I could do or that he could do. And he told me that it was um, uh, essentially the idea of like a family curse, more or less, like mm-hmm. something that that was that family did a long time ago and it was still coded into the Mm. bloodline and so she was having symptoms for that and she would need to move through a type of ceremony in order to release those symptoms and to heal the family line more or less um and then he segued into telling me that i have karmic like generational generational yeah yeah you could call it that i mean so much is stored in our dna yeah yeah. so Mm -hmm. much so um and the energy of it in general Mm -hmm. right so so that was fascinating. And then he segued into telling me that I actually had a mark. And he told me, because then I told him that I'd been having all these dreams for a long time of like dances similar to his movement and like all these things. And it was all, I felt very much like I was there for a reason and everything was very um, familiar in mm-hmm. a way. And he was like, that's because you have this mark. And he was like, your ancestors are trying to connect with you like, in this way. They mm-hmm. want to be connecting with you in this way. And he's um, speaking of your ancestors from what origin? So Native American mm-hmm. ancestors, which was also a surprise to me. And this is why I'm like a little bit scared of talking about this because I'm very obviously a Howley girl, you know. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> no, and there's a lot of pain that's coming up in that region yeah, right yeah. now. And it's important and... Anyways, though, so um, I didn't know that. My father's adopted on one side, and my grandmother on the other side is also kind of like a mystery baby. She was mm-hmm. left on the doorstep of a fur trapper. Wow. So I don't really have any connection to any type of Native American healing. Um, so he told me that my ancestors, and these go far back, were trying to connect with me and be channeled through me, and it, that there was a long line of them. And so if I was willing to take a path of duty, and he was like, and this is not something that I would recommend anyone to do because it's very difficult, but it's also not really a choice. Because when you're born into this, like, yeah. you know to some degree that that's what you, the path that you've chosen to take. Right, right. But it's a, it's a path of duty. It's a path of focusing on the other and letting go more of the uh, life dreams that you might have that's chosen for yourself. So he told me to take the next few days, talk to the other shamans, the other olaches, that's mm-hmm. the, the person that is channeling the shaman, mm-hmm. right? Channeling the, the ancestral spirit. Um, and so he told me to take the next few days and talk to the other olaches and really ask them about how it's changed their lives, in which case they're like, it was, it's so hard. Like you're going to feel isolated and nobody's going to know what you're talking about, but when you're doing it you know that it's because that's what needs to happen yeah. it's what you need to do so i decided to get initiated so he told me if i chose that path um i would have to go back and prepare a whole bunch of things clothing uh offerings all sorts of different things 
and then come back to Mongolia. So I left, prepared everything for a month, and then returned to Mongolia and then did a month-long trip with this group of shamans. Did your mom ever go with you? She did go with me the third time, so I've been back three times now. But she actually went through her own healing process. Um, Oh, that's excellent. With our with our ancestors, so wow, yeah, and that was that was that through you or through one of the other shamans that worked. That with was her? through me. Yeah. Wow, yeah, but it was her. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was really her work. Like, and that's what I think is so amazing. And so there are a lot of things that they can offer, mm-hmm. but one thing that always comes back with the Oas is that it's about you. It's about what you can do. It's about what your mind is open to. You know, everybody's on a unique path, mm-hmm. and every path is needed and necessary. And this path to healing is one that's not just your healing, but the healing of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that totally resonates. <laughs> yeah. Especially because now, just recently, you know, now with um, wellness everywhere, right here on Guam, and I'm, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten some, you know, meaning well, mm-hmm. but people messaging me or screen shooting like, oh, this, you know, like lives here on Guam now, and she's doing, you know, retreats and yoga mm-hmm. stuff, and. You know, everything is growing, and I think there's this, oh, Claire, you know, like the whole competition mentality. I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. There is enough for everyone, Mm -hmm. and everyone has their own special, unique, beautiful spark, and we need each other. You know, light brings upon light, and so I'm like, no, I'm like, if anything, I'm grateful and so happy that more is being... um, focused on when it comes to holistic health and wellness and totally. all of this you know mm-hmm. it's all I think it's, it's light bearing work completely yeah because the more people that are doing it the more mainstream it becomes exactly. the more mainstream it becomes the more people are willing to heal themselves the more that the world heals the world heals that's yeah. what we want no, it's all it's not <laughs> competition based it is light bearers unite <laughs> Yeah, and so then you know. now, where are, because I know you you sit in a lot of these um, gatherings. Can you share a little bit more? So now that you're back mm-hmm. yeah, home, yeah. I'm yeah. going to call it home, <laughs> um, you've continued. So now you're working with the, the OWAs, mm-hmm. and just, just share a little bit of, of what you're doing now. Yeah, so, um, so we've asked what their intention is, and it's essentially what we're talking about, right, is they're here to help people have the tools that they need to access in deeper parts of themselves for their own healing process, more or less. So there are three different ancestors that I channel, mm-hmm. and they're all very different. Um, but we have a weekly gathering, so it's just a weekly get-together. Once again, it's not a charge thing. You know, if people want to be a part of an energy exchange, you can bring food or nourishment of some sort or, you know, something like this, but there's not... Um, you know, you pay this much, blah, blah, blah. Um, People come and we sit together in a circle and come up with either a group intention, depending on the size of the circle, or individual things. Mm -hmm. And then the OAs will come through and speak to that. Mm -hmm. So speak either to what's going on on like a larger scale Mm -hmm. or speak more directly to kind of the patterns that are happening in people's lives. Because they believe whoever comes means that they're all connected. They're a part of some type of net and can benefit off of what one another's experiences mm-hmm. are and the wisdom that's coming out of that. So I remember the first gathering that I went to, mm-hmm. I was, um, I loved it. You know, I'm, I've always been fascinated with everything, you know, dealing with, with, um, the unknown, <laughs> the, the known unknown. But, um, I was surprised that hearing you speak and then it was explained, but like they're speaking to you in their language and then you were speaking in English and and the only reason why it was surprising was because the only other kind of a gathering I've ever been to like that was 
um, years ago, like when I was, you know, in my 20s, my boyfriend at the time, his um, uncle was a santero, you know, part of the santeria tradition. Mm -hmm. And when he, I've gone to a gathering where he would, and of course, you know, I'm sure people are like, ooh, voodoo, santeria, but that's the whole, you know, that's the thing about what Hollywood or like mainstream news, whatever does. It takes these beautiful um, nature, it's and then I wouldn't even say religion. It, it's it's these these spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would actually like how you you know uh, he would channel the the spirits, mm-hmm. and they would speak their language. Mm-hmm. So he was Puerto Rican, but then he would speak whatever the the indigenous African language was. Mm-hmm. And then no one, of course, no one, everyone sitting there couldn't understand. But when he came out of it, he was somehow able to then translate it or tell it share in English mm. but it was incredible to me that you know you, you speak with the accent mm-hmm. but we can understand you for the most part because although your voice changes everything changes mm-hmm. your your characteristics but you are speaking in English so how does that work so this is actually in the Mongolian tradition not the proper approach so the the shamans there have all said like you need to be speaking in the native tongue Oh. It's very, and it's the same there. The shamans that I met all speak the old dialect of Mongolian. So it's not even the one that's spoken now. So their touche, their helper, mm. needs to learn how to speak that old language in order to translate it to the. So ideally, in the Mongolian way, you would have a touche that speaks their language, mm-hmm. and that touche is then translating, right. and then they can glean whether or not that's a correct translation or not and correct them. Ah, um, okay. But because the dialect that that the first, so the first um, ancestor came through while I was in Mongolia. Mm-hmm. The other two came later, and so the first one that came through is so old that they don't think that 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 um, language is alive mm-hmm. anymore. Although okay. he says that everybody could learn it, he was like, everybody is already speaking a vibrational language. So if if you could just open up to that reality, then everybody could co- understand what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. But <laughs> But none of us are there yet. So, um, <laughs> so, so when they come through, they're using my brain. So I'm not trans like my brain. My brain is maybe doing the translating, but I'm not consciously being like, oh, this means this, this means this, this means this. But whatever is coming through is coming out in English because they're firing parts of my brain. Wow. But it's not the recommended way. So, and I think that that's probably why it's um, was like that in your experience okay, as okay. well. You know, it's because of that. And so, so do you remember anything next, when you when you come out of it? Um, I am remembering less and less, mm-hmm. and they say that the reason for that is because my mind is retaining because they glean a lot of information from people, especially when they're doing one-on-one healing sessions mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's my brain is sponging in too much, and it makes it more difficult for me to be like here in like a normal reality where yeah. I have to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm remembering less and less at this point, but it's kind of like a dreamy. Like, when I come mm. out of it, I'm kind of dreamy, like, state. If That's you true. tell me what was just said, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. kind of like when you just remember a dream. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's so incredible. Like yeah. And you, and Clarissa's, um, you've touched many times, right? Yeah, I've, uh, I've touched and I've worked with them a lot on my own personal healing stuff. So a lot of what they've helped me uh, learn and understand has also helped my, my healing uh Modality. So, like earlier when I was explaining that uh, I put my hands on the muscle and I couldn't figure it out, mm-hmm. um, I had a session with the with her her first one, Acheoa, and he was doing this vibrational thing on me, and it was around the same time that Pat was teaching me to feel on the muscles. And then once the two 
came into my my brain essentially then that's when it clicked and so um, her and her always have helped me heal myself uh, in so many deeper levels and and like I feel like that's definitely essential because as a as a healer or energy worker you um, essentially I feel like people or most of the people that come to you it's because they they have something similar and so if you work if you don't work that and understand that or heal it within yourself then you can't you can't do that for someone else so, mm-hmm. so yeah they've helped me make so much progress wow <laughs> so, yeah. and i'm curious speaking of, you know of ancestors do you connect communicate directly like with your tomorrow local ancestors i i know that i have two mm-hmm. um i can't see but um in a recent cranial sacral uh, session that I had, like I, I always light a candle in mm-hmm. the morning and I'll, I'll pray and I'll, I'll connect to the ancestors, universe divine. And mm-hmm. so, actually, that morning I was like, um, whichever way that you want to connect with me and make yourself known, let that, let that be. And after, when it was coming towards the end of my cranial sacral session, I, I could see this bluish purple color. And then there was this tickle in my right ear. And then there was this uh, this tone that I heard in my left. And so, like, I had a feeling because the past couple of days I would get this tickle in my ear and it would it'd be, like, to direct me somewhere else. And so it's like, we're here. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I can't see, I can't hear, like, uh, but it's those little ways yeah, that I feel yeah. that they connect with me, and, and I, t- I try and talk to them, or, like, I'll, I'll talk out loud to them, you know, so I, I connect with them in that way, but I'm, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, I'm curious how, because, you know, you guys see, you know, a lot of people come to you, and obviously they're coming to you because they're, they're, they're needing some sort of uh, their own whether it's just, you know, overall maintenance, but for the most part, you know, usually people are in some sort of, like, physical pain or mental, emotional pain. Um, how do you have, do you, do you feel the need to have to cleanse or kind of, like, shield yourself or, I don't know, like, when we're with working so much with other people in such close, close contact energy work? Um, for me, um, I, I not, uh, I don't want to say I shield, but I I have an intention where I won't overstep their mm-hmm. their boundary, and I I've had to learn that uh, because this one patient that I have, my partner, and so like our our boundaries, you know, it mm-hmm. it, it interplays, and yeah. so I have to set that line because if I if I'm not careful, then I'll overstep, and then he feels funky, or oh, I right, get hot, right, right. and so like if I work with someone and if their energy is very sticky and mm-hmm. I feel it hot on me, then then I'll step away. And I'll shake off or if it if I'm not able to then I'll sage and it's mm, just okay. to help let it release right right okay how about you Amber with body talk because it's not <clears throat> I don't really Getting feel like I, I absorb much from that at all um with sound I do a lot of sound baths and sound healing type mm-hmm. of work and that in itself the sound itself is so pure mm-hmm. that I think that it helps to release things um in terms of the healing work that one of my Acheoa does, he does a specific type of sucking mm. where he will suck discordant energy out of people's bodies oh, wow. and then cough it up. Mm-hmm. And that one is very taxing on my body. And I haven't quite figured out like how to move through that yeah. yet. So I'm, I'm wanting to learn how to do that because I'm literally internalizing and right, right. Um, letting go of these things. What he says is that if I'm clear, mm-hmm. nothing will stick. 
He was like, the only thing that well, sticks that's so inside pressure. of you. Just take clear Amber. You know? <laughs> He's like, the only time that you can pick up somebody else's stuff is if you already are resonating with that trauma or that on some level. Wow. It might not be your own experience. It might be ancestral. Yeah. You know, it can be many different things, but you can't take on other people's things unless you're a vibrational match for it. And if you're a vibrational match for it, it means that you have internalized something that's not your own and you need to let it go. Hmm. And so I think that's one of the beauties that I've kind of learned about this. And, and I know that like being an empath is a really buzzword in a lot of people's vocabularies mm-hmm. right now. And what I find really beautiful about this approach is instead of being like, I'm going to cut out all the toxic people, yeah. that you can be like, okay, I am affected by this because there's something internally here that right. I need to clear. And because mm-hmm. I've taken on this, then it's more obvious for me to see yeah. where it is and mm-hmm. how to let it go. Yeah. You know, so how to take ownership of that in order to let it go. That's the accountable approach. Yes, that one. That also comes up, too, and, like, when I do Reiki work, um, like, sometimes these these things will pop up within myself, Mm -hmm. and then that's when I'm able to recognize, okay, this is where we're kind of similar, like, we have a similar frequency here. And so in order for me not to get stuck on it or anything like that, it's like, okay, I note that, and let's keep going forward. Mm -hmm. Ah. Did that and deal with it on my own later and yeah, anytime that's focused, focused on you. On you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Can you just share um how people get a hold of you if they wanna, you know, come in for a session? Yeah. How can they? Um you can contact me at four eight three two two eight seven. Um you can call or text. Um if I'm in a session then uh I might not answer the phone, so usually text <laughs> is best just so that way I can come back to you later. And you're in again you heights. Yes I am. You guys are both Yes. Yeah, we're, we're in the same space. We're in the same spot. <laughs> okay. But no website, Instagram, can they get a hold of you that way? Um they they could find me on Instagram, um massage therapy double underscore Clarissa Torres. Uh I believe. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, they can contact me there if they want to first, and then, um, uh, but eventually I'll just connect to through the cell phone. So okay, yeah. And then for me, um, you can reach me on WhatsApp. I'll give my WhatsApp number. That's six seven one nine nine eight zero five six zero. For body talk sessions, you can book me there. Um, also. If you're interested in a gathering or coming to one of those, those are opening. Most of what we're doing right now is every other Saturday, we're going to be meeting at a consistent place. So should I just say that now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, We'll be meeting at the Monkey Pod Tree up on Nimitz Hill across from the fire station. Um, And once again, that's not something that you need to pay for. Um, And then you can also, they also do one-on-one sessions with people once a week. Uh, those fill up pretty quickly because it's only three sessions. There are three one-hour one hour sessions on Tuesdays. And that's uh, at your shop? That is also, we're currently doing it outside at that same oh, spot for okay. now. We've moved outside for that as well. They really prefer to be in the elements. Okay. They really prefer sense. like to be outside and in the elements and in nature, which makes sense. Yeah, you know, yeah. Given so everything. a monkey pod tree across the Nimitz Hill fire, fire station. station. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to drive up there and figure out what that is. Yeah. And once again, it's not dogmatic. It's not in any religious. Um, take what works for you, let go of yeah. what doesn't. It's not a, a pressure thing. And you can also find me on social media, but I kind of go back and forth on whether or not I'm going to maintain that. But for now, you can reach me on social media at a word among many. 
Thank you so much, ladies. Powerful, powerful stuff. Try to get in for sessions. Try to get into the gatherings. And yeah, so you said now it's every other Saturday. It's still every week, but the Fridays are different. Oh, okay. The Fridays so are sa- different Saturday locations. or Friday. Yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. So you'll have to message to find out the Friday locations. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for having us. And thank you. You get to catch this show and all others on Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud, iTunes and YouTube. Peace out.